Gasheads and welcome to this Gascast Scout Report episode for Tuesday's game against Wigan Athletic at the DW Stadium. I'm your host Kaz and I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Wigan fan Barry from PWU Podcast. How are you doing Barry? Uh, very well, thank you. Thanks Looking for joining yeah, thanks for uh, joining us today. I'm not so sure that we're looking forward to it, but we'll see how it goes. Um, it's been a crazy week for us Gassets, with manager Ben Garner getting the chop after a 4-1 defeat to Fleetwood, to then winning 4-3 in the Pizza Trophy under Tommy Whittington, to then losing 1-0 to Swindon under new manager Paul Tisdale. It wasn't the ideal scenario for Tisdale's first game in charge. With Swindon being off form, we were hoping for a convincing win and this will no doubt have supporters questioning if appointing him was the right decision. This adds masses of pressure ahead of the game on Tuesday away to Wigan Athletic. No disrespect to Wigan, but arguably Tisdale could not ask for a better chance to redeem himself in the next game. Wigan sit 23rd in League One amid financial struggles and have not won a game in their last five. Barry, would you say your current position is fair considering your recent performances? Uh, no, I think we're 23rd and we possibly should be 24th. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's not going well at all. So, so what sort of, who are you sort of blaming for this? Because obviously you just lost your manager to Swindon, who just beat us 1-0. So uh, that wasn't great for us. But would you say it's his fault or is there bigger problems in the club? Oh, massive, massive problems. Uh, we, we were quite pleased he went, to be honest, because I think he was manager in name only. Um, we, we, we go back to our administration. Oh, we should be challenging for promotion outside, out of the championships of the Premier League. We've been decimated. We've sold 17 players. Um, we're, we're playing youth team players and warm players. It's just, it's heartbreaking uh, where we are at the moment. Heartbreaking. Uh, so, yeah, the fact that we're in administration is, is, is killing the club, basically. So there, there are hopes for a takeover, aren't there? Because there's, you know, pending approval from the EFL. I mean, I've done a little bit of research, but I don't know as much as you guys. Do you have hope that this is going to happen? Uh, I think it might run and run and run. And that's the big fear. Um, there was a Spanish consortium who were having problems with the EFL proving themselves. The, um, the administrators are refusing to talk to anyone else why they're still there. Uh, as we know, um, the transfer window opens in January. With, with five loan signings in the club, their loans expire in January. We're in a heap of trouble. We're in a real heap of trouble. And obviously, coronavirus coming along, that's not going to help situations at all because any fan money is going gonna, is gonna to help in, in any situation. So, yeah, dark times ahead. Um, so... Talking about the football inside of things then, so obviously you're saying that you're playing a lot of youth players. Um, so the Oxford game on Saturday, uh, a disappointing loss because they're also not doing so well. So I guess you probably thought maybe you could have got something out of that game. Um, so talk me through how, how you played. I mean, you've, you've got a temporary boss in charge. Is it the assistant manager you've got in charge at the moment? How, how did he get on? Uh, and do you see any sort of improvements on the pitch with someone else in charge? Uh, well, Liam Richardson was the uh, he was the assistant to Paul Cook and very successful with us. He, he, but he wasn't there on Saturday. He had some family business he had to go to. So the youth team manager was in charge on Saturday. But Gregory Rioch, who's the son of Bruce Rioch, who used to manage Arsenal and us, of course. Uh, but I mean, they're well respected and they know football. So it's, it's the problem is. The, the, the squad that we've got, they're all young lads, inexperienced. Individually, they're great players, 
uh, but they've been thrown in at the deep end and it's just tough for them. It really is. And the, the loan players we've got are players from other clubs who are not wanted there due to perhaps having long-term injuries and recovering from them or deemed not good enough. So we are, we've got what we've got. Uh, Oxford had 18 attempts at our goal, five on target. We had six, one on target, which we scored from. Uh, one-way traffic, really, for the first half. We, we, you know, we were struggling. We did well to go in nil-nil. Second half, we were slightly better at the start, but a mistake. And, and um, you know, we ended up 2-0 down. And we scored with about seven minutes to go. Uh, and we put a little bit in at the end, but it's too late then. It's too late. Then, like I said, the, the lad who scored is 17 years of age and he come on as a sub. Great future ahead of him, but you look at him and he looks about 12. You know, so. <laughs> well, it's good that they're sort of young in a sense that they will have that ambition to and that motivation to go on and prove themselves. Um, so what sort of formation did you play and do you expect it to be the same? Obviously now you had a different guy in charge, but do you expect Richardson to be back in charge on Tuesday and what formation do you expect him to play? Yeah, we sort of line up 4-4-2 or 4-2-1-1 or some, you know, uh, like around that. Joe Garner sits up top. Uh, he sometimes swaps with, we've got a young lad called Cal Joseph. He's only 18. He's come in very good. He's, he should have had five goals already this season, but he's hit the post three times. He's put a couple just wide. You know, one of them where he's waiting to get his first goal and, and it'll be rampant. Uh, but he's a good prospect and, and, uh, and he's learning a lot off Garner. Uh, we've got um, a, a lad on loan from Ibernian called Tom James and he's probably been our most consistent player this season. And we're hoping to sign him, but he was shocking on Saturday, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. But but that's just the first time he's he's underperformed. He's been really good. Uh, yeah, we've got two young lads at centre back and two young lads in midfield. You know, the two pivotal positions, uh, and and it's just the inexperience that's killing us more than anything else. Yeah, I would say for us, we've got quite a young squad as well, and I think the inexperience really does show um, when they're making these mistakes. They're making mistakes far too often that you wouldn't get if you had experienced players on the field, um, and some that we're crying out for as well. So it'd be interesting to see how both sides do on Tuesday with the lack of experience on the pitch. Um, so you mentioned Joe Garner. Um, it's a surname that's familiar with us gasheads, having just sacked Ben Garner. It's, I can see uh, <laughs> it coming up last minute winner Garner just to remind us of, of the tough times that we've had lately um, so he's definitely one to look out for um, am I right in saying that he is your top scorer with six goals to his name which isn't bad um, considering top scorer for this league is on nine um, so alongside Garner to look out for are there anyone is there anyone else that we should look out for where else are the strengths in your squad well, I just mentioned Carl Joseph previously, and if he, if he gets a goal, he's going to do his confidence a world of good. Uh, we've, we've had a very successful academy team over the past three or four years. They've reached the quarterfinals of the Youth Cup and, and that, and unfortunately, to go away. So, so they're the kids who are coming through. The young lad who came on on, on uh, Saturday and scored a goal is fellow Asgard. He's a Norwegian international, but he's from Liverpool, uh, so don't read too, too much into his name. Uh, we've also got uh, Ollie Crankshaw, Bags of energy, again, he's only a kid, uh, very direct. Um, he'll, he'll take people on and try and get around them and puts a good ball in. 
Tom Pierce at left back uh, puts great balls in, 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 into the area. We, we seem to be scoring goals on near post headers uh, with whipping the ball in early and somebody making a move to the near post. And we've, we've scored, I think we scored three of our last four goals have, have come from that. And on Saturday, Asgard's goal was exactly the same. So it's something we definitely work on in training and that, that that's a threat. Uh, but yeah, I'd say Ghana, Joseph are, are the two main uh, threats that we'll, we'll post to you on Tuesday night. Yeah, for us, um, one of the things that we're not doing so well is, is dealing with set pieces. Um, so it, a lot of our goals are, are conceded from set pieces. That's something we massively need to work on ourselves. Um, so what do you predict to happen on Tuesday then? Um, I don't know if you know much about Rovers and obviously we just lost 1-0 to Swindon and then we got pumped for one by Fleetwood. Do you have any hope of getting a win on Tuesday? Um, I'm always I'm, 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 I'm ever the optimist. My next door neighbour, but one is a is from Bristol. He's a Bristol Rovers supporter. Um, <laughs> I've had a good chat with him today, uh, and he's painted the picture you've painted, and he doesn't think that they'll do you know you'll do us. And I said I don't think we'll do do you either. So we bought we we went for a for a one all draw between us. Um, <laughs> And uh, I think we'll concede, but you know, talking to to Ed this morning, I think we'll score as well. So that's why I'm going for a one-all draw, which will do neither of us any good. Um, we're five points adrift now, by the way, down at the bottom. So we need to start. We need to start putting some uh, points on the board. Yeah, so it's one of those a relegation six-pointer, isn't it, really, on, on Tuesday, which neither of us wanted to see saying at this stage of the season. Um, so you said that you think that you'll concede and score. So is this something that you do most games then? Or is it very rare that you'll have a dull nil-nil draw? Uh, we've never had a, a nil-nil draw this season, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, th it, there's no danger of it being a nil. Now I've said that, it's going to be nil-nil. <laughs> no, no. No danger whatsoever of it being goalless. Okay, yeah, so definitely one to whack on the both teams to score then. Um, so currently 23rd in League One. Um, obviously, it all depends on this takeover and if you can get financial help. But do you expect to survive this season? Where do you realistically think Wigan will finish? Um, at the start of the season, I said that if we play Swindon Town at all on the last, last day, and if we if we make that game and play it, I'd be over the moon. I really, really would, uh, because we was in, in danger of folding completely. Um, no, I'm thinking if we can do that and still be in League One next season, that it, it'll be as it'll feel as good as when we won the FA Cup. That's what it means, you know. Uh, I think if we fall out of League One, it's going to be an, an absolute disaster. Not as big as a disaster of what, what could be around the corner if we fold altogether. It's just really worrying times at the moment. Uh, and I know other clubs have been through it, you know, Macclesfield, Bury, Bolton Wonders just up the road from here, and, and, and lots of others as well. So we're, we're very, very worried at the moment. Um, but Swindon time, last game of the season, we play that game, and, and I'm happy. I'm an happy man. Yeah, so you're basically just hoping that you can stretch long enough in the season I mean that's that's quite a big a big thing and that's, that's a big worry I mean I'm I'm missing not going to to Rovers because of this coronavirus but to not 
be you know if i was to have the fear that we may not survive it's a whole nother thing i mean as a fan do you feel that that's something that is affecting you sort of mentally absolutely i mean we've we I've, my first game was 1971, so um, apart from a period where I played myself for a local team, I've, I've never missed a season. Uh, I've, I've done all my way. I've been. I went to Europe watching us. Massive part of part of my life. People say, "What's the greatest day of your life?" Bearing in mind, I'm, I'm married, I've got children, I've got grandkids, mm-hmm. and I say the FA Cup final, <laughs> not winning it, but just being there, and it just I cried. I don't want to tell anyone. I still. Don't, stood up at, at Wembley and I'll cry my eyes out as they were singing Abide With Me just to be there. That's before the game started. Your football club is just such a massive part of your life. And I think it's shown with our crowdfunder. We're a small town club and we've raised nearly a million pounds, you know, through the fans' donations. It's just That's incredible. It's what it means to the town of Wigan. We've, people say we're known for, for being a rugby town. We're not a rugby town. We're a sporting town. And there's a... There's a, a there's more football supporters in Wigan than what there are rugby league supporters. Uh, and I think this has shown it. And the club's such a big part of the community. They're fantastic. They work, they do. They work with the homeless. They, they, they support the local food bank. All through the, the lockdowns, they've been going around to people's houses, looking after vulnerable. They're such a wonderful club. And, and the fact that we've been turned over by con artists to start off with, yeah. let down so badly by the EFL. They're an absolute disgrace. And they're still doing the same now with, with what's going on. I'll, I'll not say in public, but, you know, things that are happening behind the scenes with these bidders and that. And then the administrators as well, they've backed us into a corner and we're just let down all over the place. And it's a frightening situation. And, you know, I'm very strong. I'm a strong character and I'm always positive. I've been a, I was a firefighter when I worked. So, you know, I've, I've, I've seen people, you know, uh, struggle. Um, but, and it's affected my mood, I will admit, it has affected me, but other people are, are, are really desperate and we, we've got support groups now going for, for fans who are, you know, who have been really affected by it. It's, it, it is, it's a really bad situation. Yeah. I'm sorry for, for rambling on by No, way. no, I think it's really important for people to know how others are feeling and I think a lot of people will um, relate to what you're saying there. Um, a lot of us are missing our clubs and like you said, it's not just a club, it's what it does for the community um, and people, people mentally and having that escape. I always feel like three to five on a Saturday afternoon, that's me in my own little world with my football club and nothing else matters and not having that is, is really difficult. So I agree with everything you just said there. Um, and important to voice it. Yeah, when I said I was a firefighter, I mean, we got, I, I had some really horrific incidents that I went to, but being able to go to the football match, whether it be a night match, you know, on, on a Tuesday night, it's brilliant, and, or a, a Saturday afternoon, for those two hours, I could forget, I could forget all that, I could forget the trauma and the grief and everything, and, and, and you're in a different world. And it supports you, that club supports you through tough times in your life. And it gives you good times as well. You know, obviously, I've mentioned the FA Cup. Uh, yeah. gives you the good times, but it's there for you, and and it, that's why it becomes such a such a strong part of your life and, and your psyche. I mean, my wife is anything but a football fan, but she cried over what happened to the club because she realised what it meant to people. You know, it's, it's such an important thing in our lives. Yeah, 
yeah and I think a lot a lot of non-football fans if they really knew what it meant to us um they would sympathize greatly and I uh, you know I've got everything crossed for Wigan I really hope that you guys do survive and fall through because hearing what you just said it, it just makes me feel a bit emotional because I could totally relate to what you're saying um so back to what's on the pitch now just get one more clarification of what your score did you say one all is your prediction yeah one apiece one apiece I think yeah your main guy up front, uh, who you got from Gillingham. Hanlon. Yeah, mm. I think he because we can't handle strong centre forwards, so I think he's going to do us. And uh, uh, I'll, I'll go for a jogger and a penalty for, for us. <laughs> yeah, that, he's going to score with that surname, no doubt. Do you know what? I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be goalless either, and I'm going to go one all. Um, I don't want to copy completely what you said, so I'm going to go for Nicholson as our goal scorer, and then Garner mm. for yours. Thank you so much for joining me, Barry. Do you want to just quickly plug your podcast? Yes, it's the uh, Progress with Unity podcast. We're available on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, all, all the uh, streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, everything. We're on everything. And go and check that out because they did a, a little Bristol Rovers preview and they had a gas head talking about us on there. So definitely worth checking out and listening. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this one, gas heads. Be sure to like, subscribe and review Gas Gas Podcast across all social media platforms. Up the gas. Up the gas.